Thank you so very, very much. Let's turn our attention to the Word of God today. I want to share some things with you um, about Christ's resurrection victory. I know sometimes we, we really appreciate what we call practical teaching and practical preaching. I realize that. But to me, there's nothing more practical than the Word of God. Sometimes it's, it's almost um, implying that, well, the Bible is not practical. We have to make it practical. But it's very practical. It's, it, you can put it into practice, and it will benefit you immensely if you walk by the Word of God. But Christ's resurrection victory is indispensable to our faith. It's the very, very core of our faith that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And since the resurrection is is the core of our faith, then I believe that we all should become more proficient in talking about it. Um, firstly, uh, we talked about Christ uh, being risen. The, the, uh, the reality of, of our faith is Christ is risen. So that's what you want to always carry about uh, with you, and not just the things like, oh, he did this for me subjectively, oh, oh just let me tell you about my story. Your story is a good story, but it must be added to his story. His story is what is so important to us. Um, Paul tells us that there were these four things that, that uh, as it were, uh, solidified the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, that Jesus' resurrection was not just some private event, but it was, it was a very, very powerful and, and uh, public in the sense that God chose certain people to be witnesses, and it was God choosing them. Paul, Paul says to us in uh, dealing with the resurrection, and I'm talking about from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Christ died. That, that's a certainty. He died. Uh, there are those who are peddling the idea and still in the world that Christ did not really die, that he somehow passed out on the cross. Yeah, you, you kind of want to, that, that kind of ignorance needs to pass also. He, he, Christ died. Then he says he was buried. So you don't bury live people. You know, I mean, he was, he was dead. He was buried. Then he rose again. And then the fourth thing, he was seen. So Christ died, was buried, rose again, and he was seen. And then Paul tells us all those who saw him. There were just a great number of people who saw him. But remember when Jesus was going into Jerusalem, walking, uh, riding uh, into Jerusalem on that, on that donkey, uh, Jesus said these words. He's, he called out to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, they, they, uh, uh, you who I think killed the the stone the prophets and killed all I've sent to you. How often I wanted to take you like a hen, a mother hen would take her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. You will see me no more. At this point, he said, you will see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so we have a blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord that's going to happen future. Yeah, and it's going to happen with the Jewish people. I, I am totally convinced of that the Jewish people are going to say that at some juncture in the future when, all the, when the fullness of the Gentiles have come. When the fullness of the Gentiles have come, it's going to be their time to say that. And so uh, when Jesus said, you will see me no more, he meant that. So that, so that means that they never saw him again after he rose from the dead. They were going to have to 
accept it in faith that he rose again from the dead. But he did uh, appear to certain witnesses, um, of course, Mary Magdalene and the Marys. He appeared to Peter. He appeared to uh, James, his own uh, brother, his half-brother, uh, we would say. He appeared to him because James grew up in the house with him and had no idea that he was the Messiah. Actually even taunted him or really ridiculed him uh, at one point. But the history, Josephus says that James had this nickname Camel Knees because from that juncture, it's as though he stayed on his knees. And I can imagine the pain of that, knowing that you have been in the house with the very Messiah that you've uh, desired, searched for, uh, sought after, and he was there, and you grew up with him, but you did not know him, and you didn't believe him. And so James became the, the leader of the church uh, in Jerusalem. But then Jesus appeared to uh, over 500 brothers at one time, and Paul says when he wrote this epistle to the Corinthians, he says uh, the greater number of them are still alive. You can go talk to them. They actually saw Jesus. And, of course, to, then to all of the apostles, and when he says to all of the apostles, he is actually saying some wonderful things to us. He is saying that, that there were more apostles than just the 12. He is saying that. And so those who would like to say there were only 12 apostles, they are only partially correct. And so now Peter talks about Jesus in a, in, in a way that there was, the scriptures, Paul rather tells us that, that Jesus uh, his death, his burial, his resurrection was all uh, part of the scriptures. And then Peter tells us that there was no guile found in him, no deceit found in his mouth. So Peter gives us a personal testimony of Jesus, this anointed Messiah, this amazing man, who, uh, God man, who got out of the grave. And uh, the writer of Hebrews also gives us some good information about him. He's, uh, the writer of Hebrews says that, that Jesus uh, basically, uh, he took on the sin of the whole world, and then he rose again by the efficacy of his own blood. So when Jesus took on the sin, if he had not been sinless, when he took, uh, when he took on the sins of the world, he would have been sinless, I mean sinful, as it were, or become sin. But, but the writer of Hebrews says that when he did that, because of the power of his own blood, he was able to get out of the grave. See, not only did Jesus die for us, he died as us and was able to get out of the grave, which guarantees all of us a resurrection like his resurrection. So I want to talk about uh, Christ's resurrection victory part three. And the first part of this is Christ, who is our risen hope. He is our risen hope. The risen Christ is our hope. So that means that, that every expectation that we as believers have, we have in Jesus Christ because he has risen from the dead. The resurrection from the dead guarantees us the veracity, the truthfulness of Scripture. The, the resurrection of Christ from the dead also guarantees our own resurrection. That resurrection... Uh, from the dead means that death itself has been defeated. This is a huge thing because the writer of Hebrews tells us that before Jesus Christ came, then all mankind, all of his life was always concerned about that one thing. No matter what he or she had accomplished, they were going to die and they were going to stay dead. But when Jesus broke through, 
We're going to talk about that if we have time. Jesus broke through death. We'll talk about it. In verse 12 of uh, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15, it says, Now, if Christ is preached, uh, let me, before I go into that, the Corinthians had been exploited. They had been um, co-opted into thinking that there was no bodily resurrection. There was no bodily resurrection. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jesus, before Jesus uh, preached, uh, people uh, had the idea that, that God, some of them had the idea that God was, uh, was um, um, the God of the dead, as it, as it were, because uh, Jesus says God is not of the dead, but he is God of the living. For when he spoke to Moses through the burning bush, he says he was. He said, I am the, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And so Jesus brought us revelation that these men were still alive. And, and what Jesus' resurrection has um, uh, solidified for them and for us is that when he comes for his church, when he comes for his people, those bodies will also rise. Abraham's body, will, he, will, he is now alive in the presence of God. Uh, Isaac is alive in the presence of God. Jacob and all those who have died in faith are alive today. Even your loved ones who died in the faith are alive today in the very presence of God. And they will have a bodily resurrection, a bodily resurrection. So uh, Paul tells us that when the Lord comes, he is going to bring them with him. So that means he can't bring them with him if they're not with him now. Okay, so he's going to bring them with him, and there will be a bodily resurrection. Somebody says, well, what if you're cremated? So what? That's not an obstacle to God. If fire were an obstacle to God, he wouldn't be God. He made fire. He himself is a consuming fire. So he's going to find you, you and have a bodily, you will have a bodily resurrection. Now listen, it says, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you, there are always that some among you phenomenon, that some among you doing stuff that they ought not do, right? Uh, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So Paul asks the question, if that, that you have the audacity, the nerve, to say that there is no resurrection of the dead. And so Paul now is going to begin his treatise telling, showing them uh, or continuing to show them why Jesus rose and the fact that Jesus did. He says in verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. They obviously didn't really get that. So they had now said, uh, professed faith in Jesus, but uh, maybe Jesus rose, but nobody else will. He says, wait a minute. If, Christ, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ can, he can't rise himself. There, then he is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, and notice this. So the resurrection, the cross, these are our messages. They are our message, rather. They are our message, the cross of Christ, the resurrection from the dead. This is our message. And he says, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. So preaching is empty. It has nothing. It's just temporary feel good. It's not worth the words if Christ is not risen. Your, and your faith is also empty. So then the faith that we profess in God is just empty talk. 
if Christ is not risen. So everything about our faith is predicated on the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So never ever compromise on that truth that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now, we, you don't just have to believe it because somebody told you, because when, when you invite Jesus, that moment when God gives you perfect clarity that Jesus died, from the, uh, died for your sins and that he rose from the dead, at that moment of perfect clarity, you say, yes, Lord. And when you say, yes, God takes you seriously. He takes you seriously, and he saves you, and he, he gives you his spirit. When you say yes, he gives you his spirit, and his spirit lives in you as a witness to the resurrection. This is big stuff. And then Paul goes on to say, uh, yes, and we are found false witness of God if Jesus didn't rise. We're found to be false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. If, in fact, the, the dead do not rise. I mean, Paul is like a great lawyer here in a courtroom. He's arguing his case so powerfully because he is saying that we then are all false witnesses, unreliable witnesses, lying witnesses. He said, but that's not accurate. We are because God did raise him from the dead. So he goes on to say, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. Your faith is no good. Your faith is good for nothing if Christ did not rise. So then we find also then that our faith is also predicated. The faith that we have for living, the faith that we have for doing whatever we do is all predicated on the fact that Christ rose. Maybe sometimes, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at in the face of, of proof, quote unquote, in, in, in uh, quotations, we'll look at supposedly proof that Jesus did not ra uh, rise from the dead or that uh, the Bible is somehow just somebody's religion. That's what some people, some groups say. I know some of these groups around here are saying, well, the Bible is not true and uh, it was just a European uh, machination or whatever. Such a lie. It didn't originate from there. It went there. And as Alan uh, Vincent always loved to say, the Europeans like, took to, to the gospel so amazingly. And we know through history they did. And, and I believe that that is one of the reasons that, that, that European, the European nations were so blessed. They took to the gospel immediately, so powerfully, more than any other group. And then began to take this message again from uh, from uh, Jerusalem, they, they took the, they accepted it, and then from their places they went to the four corners of the world. That's what happens when people believe in the risen Christ. Alan also says that were it not for that, England would be apostate because because them having gone to all the nations of the world, nations that, that my ancestors are from and your ancestors are from, went to the, all these nations, and now these nations went back to, to England and brought the gospel again to England, and it has saved England, as it were. Amen. He says, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. So, so everything, you see how, how the cross is so not just germane, it, it's indispensable, it's germane, it's indispensable. Yes, that you are still in your sins without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 18, verse 18, then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. So Paul is saying that the, the Corinthians were saying 
uh, they, were, they had some kind of a little thing going on where they, they, they baptized for the dead, some of them. But Paul says, but listen, if Christ uh, did not rise, you're still in your sins. Those who have died or fallen asleep in Christ have perished. So there's no reason for you, you people to be over there calling yourself, doing whatever, being baptized for the dead. Verse 19 says, if in this life only, now Paul is talking about our faith, because our faith is not just for this life, it is for beyond this life. I remember, and I'm going to say this, I'll get in a little trouble, but I must speak the truth. Um, some of our brothers who teach faith, teach faith as though it is just for monetary gain or for some kind of uh, maybe uh, fame even or 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 some or promotion on the job, or, or to be known better, or whatever. Uh, that's what faith is. Faith, you can get, 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 get. But this is what Paul says. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. So if, if, we're, if, we, if in this life only we have an expectation of God, we're to be pitied. And some who make it about getting things are just wrong. They're just wrong. But this faith, this faith in Christ, the things we go through, as Pastor Jackson shared this morning, uh, being uh, developed or delivered, those things that we go through, we go through for the sake of Christ. And if we're just going through all kinds of hardships just to go through hardships, he says we're to be pitied. And then uh, now I want to go down to the, my next point is the, the, the last enemy destroyed. The last enemy destroyed. The last in the enemy flows from the resurrection. So, so the destruction of the last enemy flows from the resurrection. All these things flow from the cross and from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the resurrection did for mankind what nothing else had ever done. It says you don't have to live in fear all your lifetime. Because Jesus Christ got out of the grave, beat death, knocked death out, tore it up. He says... You, you, you will have a resurrection like his. And not only that, but in John chapter 11, he tells Mary and Martha that he himself is the resurrection. It's not just an event. So you now have the resurrection in your heart. You don't just wait for an event called the resurrection. Amen. 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 This is an amazing thing. His resurrection victory. Isn't it amazing somebody wins for you? Somebody wins for you. Somebody fight the battle for you and then give you the, the credit for it. Somebody, you know, uh, runs a race, a, a very arduous or difficult race. They run the difficult race, spat on, beard pulled out, slapped, and you are God and you take that? Boy, that'd be, woof. That's, a, that's big, isn't it? You know, and, and put up with insults all the time, constantly in your lifetime, living in a household with brothers and sisters that don't believe in you and you're going out into the world preaching to people who don't accept you and you're the God who made them, wow, he's an amazing God. He went through all of that for us, not for himself. So this, the defeat of the last enemy, death, flows from the resurrection. It is indispensable to our faith, this res the resurrection. Indispensable, indispensable. Use that word. Use that word. It's indispensable. And so we must embrace the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our life. You say, well, what does that do for me if I get fired from my job? You know it's not over. Oh, well, it's not over. Yeah, it's not over. It's not over. It doesn't matter if they're with you or they're against you. It's not over. 
My, uh, Christ is the first fruits and our breakthrough. Now, what, when we say he's the first fruits, he is the first fruits of all those who have died. He is the very first man to get out of the grave and not die again. He is the first fruits, and then he is our breakthrough. <clears throat> Jesus Christ broke through death, you know, undaunted by death. Broke through death. And so that means that you now have a way. He is our, you have a way also through, through him. You have a way through death, through him. See, when Jesus broke through death, the writer of Hebrews tells us he is our captain or our, our forerunner. So what, and, and, the, and John says, as he is, so are we in this world. So Jesus, when Jesus broke through death and came on the other side and said, hey, where's your victory? When he started to talk like that, you know, where are your plagues? When he started to talk like that, broke through in life. Don't you know every demon in hell trembled? Do you know the devil went, uh-uh? You know that? Yeah. Because when Jesus broke through, what, what you, you and I can say, based on the scripture, uh, we could even prophesy now. You know, you can really prophesy when you see that in the scripture. You can speak forth. There's going to be a whole new company of people that break through. Because Jesus is the first fruit of those who slept. And James, I believe, chapter 1, verse 18, I believe, that is, James says that we are also now a type of first fruits. And so of all of mankind, of all human, we are now breaking through just like our forerunner through death. Death has no power over you. Death should not stare you in the face and you wink. Don't you blink. Amen. So he is our broker. He broke through death and he has made a way for us through himself. Now let me just say quickly the last enemy destroyer. To talk a little bit about this and then we'll finish this some other time. I want you to understand that these things that God has given for you to know and to understand are part of your power. I hear secular people talking about your power. I hear them talking about uh, your truth and all that. I don't, I don't like that, that your truth thing. It's just a truth, you know. It's, it's not, I don't have ownership of the truth. You know, I, I tell the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. So you and I have the truth living in us, and it's not a subjective thing only. It's, a, it's, it's an objective truth that you and I have, that, that Jesus Christ, he died, was buried, he rose again, and he was seen. That's an objective truth. And you can take that to the bank. You can take that into any battle you have. You can take that into your trials and your tribulations. You can take that into the things you don't understand. Amen. Amen. That is, believe the Scriptures. Believe the Scriptures. Verse 20. It says, but now, Paul is, is sharing with him. He, he, he argues beautifully. He says, but now Christ is risen from the dead. And has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. <laughs> oh, give me the next verse. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father. When he puts, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. 
Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. The next verse. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And I want to stop here. I want to stop here. Let me just say, this is big time. You and I are living in the days when we are seeing the culmination, the fulfillment of all these scriptures. We are living in a time when I believe when God is going to come, Jesus is going to come, when God is going to express himself in an undeniable way. We're beginning to see things take place in the world. Don't go after those people who would corrupt as these corrupted the Corinthians in believing that there was no resurrection. We are living in a days when lying is prolific. It's everywhere. You go to the left, it's there. It's go to the right, it's there. You go between the left and the right, it's there. It's everywhere. Don't buy into that. Jesus is coming, and you need to get ready. All right? I'll be back in a minute. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Stephanie, for that clear signal to me. Thank you. I want to give you an invitation to come to Jesus. You know, everything that we do pretty much has maybe two points. And one is to encourage the people of God and to bring people who don't know him. Those are two things we want to do. We want to keep you encouraged to let you know that your faith is not futile. It's not in vain. You have believed correctly. And the witness that is in me, the same witness that's in you, the Bible says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So that means that, that the truth in me is speaking to the truth in you. They are, they're both together. God accepts those truths. And so that means that, that you and I have believed the truth of God. But perhaps there are people among us who are still on the fence. Some are on the fence. You know what the fence means, right? You're on the fence. That means you're not, you're not on one side or the other. You're straddling. And everybody who straddles the fence is struggling. 
So that's where you are. And some people go to church, they still struggle. They go, I don't know if I believe. I don't know if I believe. Well, why are you going to church? Well, I don't know. But you can believe today. You need to embrace the truth of God. Embrace this, the cross of Christ. Embrace the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything that we say and do must come out of Christ. Only him. You know, you can all, I don't mind you teaching principles. I don't mind that. You can teach the seven principles of the resurrection or the 15 principles of whatever. I don't mind. But don't leave out the principle. Jesus is the principal. All those rules and those things, they're, they're part of him. They're, they come out of him. So show clearly who he is. And today, if you're here today and you want to give your heart to Jesus, when you give your heart to Jesus, the heart is the, is the center of you. It's where you are made. It's who you really are. And what you are doing is when you come to Jesus, you're not talking about this blood pump over here. Now I want this thing to be good. But no, my heart is that essential part of my being. That's where I function from, whether good or bad. And what I want to do is invite Jesus into my heart. I want you to become my life and my heart. And if you're here today and you've not done that, you need to do that. Maybe if, even if you want to say, well, I want to say it again. I want to do it again. You can do that. If you're online, you need to do that. Because that's what our preaching is about, is giving people an opportunity to make a good decision. And get off the fence. Get off the fence. Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. That's what Paul says. He died for our sins, not according to just the New Testament Scriptures, but the Old Testament Scriptures. And the New Testament Scriptures, those that we read all the time, verify the fact. So I'm going to ask you a question. Is there anybody here who would like, you would raise your hand, and you would say, I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ today. Well, just raise your hand and leave it up till I see it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Is there anybody else? Come on. I, I just sense there's somebody else who wants to, but you're not sure. Oh, yes, okay. That's right. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Is there anybody else? Come on. This is your day. Another one, another one, another one? Yes. Wow. This is good. Yes, you too. I'm going to ask you to do something. We're going to take a few minutes. I know that the other service is going to come in, but they can go to the coffee cafe and have a cup of coffee while we finish. I, I think this is marvelous. And, and listen, J Jesus died for you. You say, well, preacher, you said that. Yes, I'm saying that. He's saying that. She's saying that. Y'all come up to the front. Come on up to the front. Everybody. All of you, come on up. Oh, man. You're going to make me cry. You're going to make me cry, brother. Hey, Albert. Albert, where are you? Come on up here. Yes, come on up here, Albert. Come on up here. Oh, wow. Man. In the name of the Lord. 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 Was there anybody else? Come on over here, Al. In the name of the Lord. 
In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Father God, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I come to you, Lord, today. I'm asking you to forgive me of my many sins. I'm asking you to wash me whiter than snow. Take all of my guilt and my shame. And Jesus says, I will. I will. It was for you that I died. And it was for you that I rose again. I thank you for these men and these women. For Luis. Thank you for his mom. Thank you for all of them today as they've come to say, Lord, forgive me. And those of you who are here, you may say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Accept me into your family. I repent of my sins. I forsake them. Help me. Help me, Jesus. And Jesus says, I will. He says, be cleansed in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you. 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 Lord, I pray. I pray that each one here would experience your full baptism. Not only would they be baptized in water, but they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire, and that they would join their brothers and sisters. And we will all walk together. Oh, Lord God, with our blue hair, our red hair, our black hair, blonde hair, our no hair. Those of us who are, who are tuned up and those who are not. We will not look at each other strangely. But we'll put our arms around our brother, our sister, and we'll walk together hand in hand, arm in arm, loving what Jesus has done for us. For you washed all of our sins away. Not some of them, not most of them, but all of them. You have washed us in your cleansing blood. Thank you, Jesus. 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 
Wow. Wow, wow. Albert, I wanted you to come up here. You know why I wanted you to come up here, don't you? What, you got a guess? I wanted you to come up here. I wanted my brothers and sisters to know how much we honor you and love you. I, I did. And I wanted them to see, they're coming to the Lord. I wanted them to see Albert. Man that God raised up. God washed him from the inside. I wanted you to sit them to see you. And I'm not going to rush you, brother. I'm not going to rush my brother who is on his knees before his, his God and his Lord. I'm not going to rush him. I'm not going to rush any of you, but I just want you to know that we, we love you so much. Deep in our hearts, we love you. And Jesus loves you more because he, he bled and died for you. It was your sin that he took. It was my sin that he took upon himself. Wow. We're going to give you some Bibles. You may go ahead and give those Bibles away. Those, uh, yeah. And Sister Lori, there's over here. Yeah. Yeah, super, 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 super. All right. Wow. I don't want to go home. I want you to go out of here and just walk. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here with my brother. I want, I know Al's going to stay here too. And I want somebody to come stay with my sister here. And I, I want a sister to come stay with my sister here. We're just going to go out now. Just lift your hands to the Lord. And I, w I won't be able to say hi to a lot of you, but you come back Wednesday or stay to the next service, I'll say hi to you. If you come back Wednesday. Let's just bless our brothers and sisters over there by saying, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name, I bless you. You may go with God. Get your children from Children's Church. Go with God. I'm staying.